It be too late to alter course, matey. And there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey. Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. You Thanks. notice I didn't interrupt you again. You just did. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I just started to say thanks and you jumped in. <laughs> I was going to not say anything because I didn't want to curse it. <laughs> Aztec curse it. And it happened. Two days in a row. What do you mean two days? I didn't interrupt It your... was one day and then we set the <laughs> incidents at work back to zero. <laughs> days that have passed before an incident. Now it's at zero again. Thanks for joining us for minute 118 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. I thought I was done throwing out some Dead Men Tell No Tales box office numbers, but this one caught my attention and I only bring it up wondering just how many seasons we will be wrapped up in breaking down the film franchise minute by minute. Will there be another? Possibly if the international box office has anything to say about it. And the headline is, how Pirates of the Caribbean sequel will top $800 million despite domestic decline. And I thought, well, I have to check that out. And this was from, what, June 23rd? So it's a few days ago, for sure. But it goes on to describe a scenario in which the new pirate sequel, Dead Men Tell No Tales, is still doing huge business overall, thanks to the international markets. And it will wind up north of $800 million, according to Forbes, when all the dust settles. Dead Men Tell No Tales has amassed more than $654 million worldwide, and with this past weekend has already hit $677 million. It looks likely to reach the 709 mark when it ends its run domestically and then in all the current foreign markets that it's in. But one major market remains, and that's Japan, where Dead Men Tell No Tales opens on July 1st. History and trends are giving indications that it's reasonable to expect the movie to clock somewhere between 90 million and 100 plus million when it completes its run in Japan, which means it will reach a Kind of that 800 million milestone or just gently pass it is what they're looking at potentially. Oh, wow. Mark Hughes at Forbes suggested the following. Some minor tweaking and an even fuller return to form in the next outing will help improve its box office prospects once again. Since the next sequel appears to feature most of the original trilogy cast returning, which is interesting there. Yeah. Spoiler and tidbit. And that includes from heroes to villains and some folks in between. There's a good chance that it could once again improve upon its predecessor, the predecessor being Dead Men Tell No Tales, and keep the trend of alternating this rise and fall of the box office performance alive. Because they're saying, you know, the first one, it kind of does these little ups and downs, but still moves forward and pushes that big money for Disney Needle. And I suspect that the prospects of such a rise will encourage the filmmakers to lean more toward what actually worked in the most successful chapters of the franchise in order to reach those heights again. Something to keep our eyes on, but it appears if all goes according to plan, we will definitely get additional sequels and keep us in the Pirates of the Caribbean show realm for quite a while then. I don't know if that's good or bad. What do you think? That sounds good to me. Okay, good it is. We'll all grow old together. People might get tired of our voices. How dare you? Well, (laughs) somebody's voice they will. Yours? 
I did a preemptive, how dare you, knowing that you're going to come off so with some smart aleck comment, so you can't do that. <laughs> On that note, we do have some exciting plans for the show, and we'll be letting all of you know what to expect as we wrap up season one. So keep listening over the next five and a half weeks of our minute-by-minute breakdown. Don't miss an episode. Only five and a half weeks. Keep on going of Curse of the Black Pearl. And then we'll continue on. And that will let you know what's going on with that. There we go. Now if we can get back to that Easter egg that Heather threw out in yesterday's episode because she probably is looking at my notes saying, oh, this would be something good to talk about. Looking at your notes. Don't lie to everybody. In the previous minute, hell... I don't even know if we're supposed to talk about it. The first rule of Skeleton Fight Club? Are you trying to interrupt Skeleton Fight Club? I thought you were going to say Hell has no fury. Like a woman scorned? Well, that's true. It doesn't. But the Easter egg was Fight Club. The first rule of Skeleton Fight Club is don't talk about Skeleton Fight Club. The second rule of Skeleton Fight Club is don't talk about Skeleton Fight Club. The third rule of Skeleton Fight Club, someone gets stabbed by a sword, loses a limb, gets shot with a musket, the fight continues. The fourth rule of Skeleton Fight Club, there are obviously no rules. That's our minute 117 breakdown since there was no dialogue, just a bunch of fighting. (laughs) Fight Club. Skeleton Fight Club. Minute 118 begins with Jack and Barbosa still sword fighting. Yeah, still sword fighting. (laughs) Jack makes a momentary run for it, knocks over a statue, apologizes to the inanimate object, and continues to evade with Barbosa in pursuit. They return to the duel in an open area of the cave on Isla de Muerta. The minute ends with Elizabeth Swan approaching the longboat hanging from the davit on the deck of the Black Pearl. Telling the motley crew, Will is in that cave and we must save him. As she prepares to launch the boat, she continues, Ready and heave! Elizabeth turns around to find the motley crew steadfast in their lack of assistance. So there are a couple of things I really enjoyed about the duel between Jack and Barbosa in this minute. Since we'll just go ahead and start there. When, when Jack apologizes to the statue? That's one of them, yeah. But I wasn't going to start with, like, the sweet dessert. You're the dessert first person, aren't you? It's the beginning of the minute. No, but I go I, in order. I know you might go in order, but I had this, like, in a meal format where you have the dinner and then we get the cool dessert afterwards. You know I'm all for the desserts. Especially if it's brownies and ice cream. Oh, I can't believe we got to start with the dessert. You don't have to. No, it's too late now. We're already doing dessert. Jack runs off, apologizes to a statue that he knocks over, and all I can say is, I believe it. Heather does this kind of stuff all the time. In fact, she even apologizes to the dogs if she accidentally bumps into them. Well, this is reality and humorous. It's relatable for me. They're human. They're not human. They're li- living creatures. I mean, Why you don't, don't have you to, apologize to them? If you bump into them, you don't have to say sorry because they don't understand. But yeah, you, you do. Well, I don't want you to kick them and say, why'd you bump into me or why'd I bump into you? But you can just give them like a pat on the head. You don't actually have to go, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you do. Oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) I thought I was just saying, oh, good dog. No, you have to say sorry. Well, apparently you say sorry. Yeah. There we go. So you got to say sorry. Sorry for bumping into You would say sorry to a human if you ran into them. I don't know. Depends who they are. Definitely not me, but... (laughs) Somebody out on I the think street, you said maybe. human, right? <laughs> the other sweet treat is Jack running away before he bumps the statue. His hands are waving in the air. He does this Home Alone, like Kevin McAllister run thing. The famous Home Alone thing when he's running around kind of like that. That's how I saw it. Apparently you didn't see it like that. No, I saw the flailing in the different part of the minute. After. What? He's running away after and then he flails his arms. I could be wrong. When he's running away? Well, he's running away. When he's running away, he flails his arms. There we go. Doesn't yes, he? it's kind of this goofy 
Well, he runs away first. First he runs away, then he hits the statue, right? He's running away from Barbosa, comes into the shot, and then he runs down that kind of path that's down that grade, right? Yeah. So then what are you arguing for? I'm not arguing. Then what did I say that was wrong? Are you just, are you messing with me? Is this fight <laughs> oh. club in here? What is going on here? I think it's after Jack says, or you can surrender, that he runs away from Barbosa and his arms are going like is that. It? That's what I have in my notes. Oh, well, maybe that's true then. I That's possible. I didn't know. It. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You he stand. runs away multiple times, but. And the, then, the, the one that, the one I'm talking about is in where Barbosa is kind of chasing after him yelling. and does his pirate growl and laugh. Yeah. That's okay. after, or you can surrender. After the statue incident, the great statue mm-hmm. incident. Okay. You should apologize to me for making me think that I was right and wrong. <laughs> However this works, I should be apologized to. That's all I know. Okay. Maybe it's more than a couple things that I like in this particular sequence here. Because I can't leave out Barbosa either in this dessert that Heather wanted to get to right away. Let's call it some great pirate sugar for Barbosa, Just on the same topic of desserts. A reference to stereotypical pirates. A classic R, And then he does this pirate laugh. Barbosa's really enjoying this swordsmanship like repartee that they're having. Yeah. He loves being a pirate. And it's, I think it's getting his blood flowing. He is just... Not yet. Arr! Is that a euphemism? What are, what are you talking about? <laughs> Seriously, what are you talking about? I'm. How dare you? What? I don't know what's going on over there. You are dirty-minded lass, aren't you? It's not dirty. Just what are you talking about? Future. Oh, I'm just saying, metaphorically, getting his blood flowing. Oh, okay. But he does have blood. We saw Elizabeth when she stabbed him that there was blood on that. Yeah, but when he's in skeleton form, he doesn't bleed. Okay, but he's going in and out, so you don't know which part I was talking about when he did that. You're right. Because when he's actually yelling as a pirate and laughing, he's in human form at that particular moment. Right. He is. So it's getting his blood flowing. Yeah. There we go. Apology accepted. And you will submit to forcible apologies. (laughs) He just had one. I'm going to start just apologizing when I feel like on your behalf for me. When I feel like I need one, I'm just going to go apology accepted from now on. That way I know that... That's only for me. We'll play that game. No, that's only for me. We'll play that game. Well, I don't like this game. So if I can get back to the start of things, this is like the main course then because we already did dessert. Jack does get the best of Barbosa for a moment as he falls back on the rocks. I'm not sure if he stumbles because he trips over the rock or if he's off balance because of Jack pushing him forward while sword fighting. I don't know exactly what it is. It was hard he, to tell. Uh, he, he, a little bit of both or something. The, he is trying to... No! Apology He is accepted. trying to avoid a stab from Jack. And he steps back, hits the rock, and falls back on it. I, I saw that, and I wasn't sure if it was kind of an off-balance thing with the rock at the same time, or if it was just the rock. But either way, does get the best of him in this particular moment. And it's interesting twist, because we talked last week about the skills of the main character's as far as their sword skills. And Jack is at the bottom of the list. He's number four. He's a step down from Norrington and Barbosa. Yeah. But he actually gets one over on Barbosa at this particular juncture. Either way, there's this check moment here, this kind of chess that they play, that opens up a chance for dialogue. Finally, we get some dialogue, by the way, which Barbosa takes time to throw out the, are we just going to do this forever kind of thing. And so I like the line that includes, this is... What I thought was actually going back and forth an empty battle, but it turns out the script says epic battle. And I thought I heard epic when we were watching the minute. And 
Heather was sitting there and we rewound it a couple times to to do this. This is another one of those times where the closed captions where we're capturing dialogue yeah. and really getting it and looking at it comes up with something different because yeah. they heard it different. But the script says epic battle, which is what I thought originally, but then the closed captions kept saying empty battle. And I actually started to like empty battle more because it's it's this idea that it's not going to get them anywhere since they're both immortal. Right. And it could feasibly last until the end of the world. And that's when the trumpet sounds. So this is exactly what they're talking about anyways, but an epic battle, kind of this good versus evil. So there's cool meanings for both of them. You could have it this epic good and evil end of the world battle. Well, semi-good, we'll call Jack. The light and the dark, semi-light, however you want to do that. So there's a lot of great symbolism with that that could be had. But empty battle just rang true because this battle is going nowhere. Yeah. Well, it can't go anywhere when they're immortal. No one's going to die. No one's going to give up or surrender until they get what they want. So somebody is going to have to make a huge mistake where the other one can take advantage and run off or whatever. But it's not like or get them trapped or something. But in reality, it's this emptiness, this empty battle that is really not going to have a win or a loss for any of them. And it's also interesting because it's it's this idea of being empty is almost like they're fighting this this battle because they have something missing in their lives too. Barbosa has that human element he's looking for, that greed, you know, he's kind of an uh-huh. empty shell. Jack is empty, he doesn't have his freedom. So there's all, all kinds of different ways you could read this empty line, which unfortunately is not the dang line. Damn it. <laughs> Closed caption people. You got me all worked up. I'm like, oh. I'm really starting to like empty battle. Epic battles is kind of the common phrase. Yeah. But empty, I was really getting around it. Now it's just like a slap to the dialogue face that they took that away from me. Man. Yeah, lots of stuff I could have read into it. Now I just got good versus evil. Oh, that cliche. I'm going to go slap some closed caption person around. What about Barbosa calling Jack, Jack Sparrow? He says, what now, Jack Sparrow? He doesn't call him Captain Jack Sparrow. He doesn't just call him Jack. He says, what now, Jack Sparrow? Yeah, it's interesting because he goes back and forth from Jack, or at least not lately he hasn't said Jack, but this is post-stabbings that they both had. Post that realization that, okay, this has gone to that next level. Now it's not maybe that mutual respect of Captain Jack Sparrow or that friendly love-hate thing. So Captain Jack Sparrow, Jack, that love-hate Uh That respect, okay, we're friends, kind of friends. Yeah. All of that wrapped into that love-hate. Now it's just Jack Sparrow, the more formal, we're not friends, we don't respect each other, we're like acquaintances or somebody that's just met and I'm going to call you Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Not even, you know, they're not on that friendly name basis, they're not on that respect captain kind of deal, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I first started really watching this minute, I thought, my God, it's just another minute of fighting. We're not going to get much out of it. But then I really started looking at like this particular line and going into it. And there was a lot of that kind of underlying or underpinned emotions and meanings behind what they were fighting for. And I thought that that was pretty cool. Yeah. And that's just one of those subtle things that come up with the name that you can kind of read into some of that, which yeah, I thought is awesome. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that he just calls him Jack. That he calls him Jack Sparrow, puts a whole name in there, but leaves out the captain, and it's like you said, more formal than just calling him Jack. You never leave out the captain, Captain Morgan. <laughs> <laughs>
Maybe I'll have to use that as one of our outros. Maybe you will. Heather never forgets Captain Morgan at home. Okay, that's an old airplane reference, which is an old coffee commercial reference from the 80s. <laughs> what is that? That's like a reference no. upon a reference. <laughs> Jim never has a second yeah. cup of coffee at home. What, what do you mean? Yeah, you said no. I, Apology it just accepted. Like you said it wrong. You did say it wrong. Jim oh. never has a cup of extra. Woo! I said it wrong. Jim, how dare you never grammar me has like that? An extra cup of coffee at home, but you said Heather, Heather never, never leaves her captain at home. Or what are you talking? about? I said Heather never forgets Captain Morgan oh, at home. I don't know. Yeah, it's different. It's kind of a play on the same thing. Like I said, yeah. apology accepted. I'm really liking this now. Elizabeth deals the skeleton death blow to Mallet and Grapple by discombobulating their bones. So I have a big question here. I'm not sure that you're fit for it with all the rum, but can their bones reassemble Apology themselves? Accepted. <laughs> you can't use my stuff. That's trademarked. No. That's trademarked. No. How dare you steal from me? I asked you a question. What the big the question? question is, can their bones reassemble themselves? Or are they just scattered about like crabs on the seafloor? Kind of moving about like the no, arm in the cabin. I think they can reassemble because the arm was trying to go back to the body. The arm was originally climbing towards the door, walking towards the doors. And then um, Governor Swan grabbed the arm and was fighting with it or beating it. Beating he was it actually like beating it. Yeah. But it was climbing towards the doors. So I think they can actually reattach. And remember when Elizabeth swung the wheel... I don't remember who it was when the pirates were there. Yeah. And his head fell backwards. He kind of put it back on, put it back up and readjusted it. That's what I was wondering. Did we see somebody else in the movie lose a limb or something and then they put it back? I can't remember. Offhand. No, I, I think. Besides him fixing no. his head. Did we see actually anything that was severed go back on? No, we haven't seen that. That's what I. But I'm remember. assuming it can because. The hand was trying to get to the body again. That's possible. I mean, unless they fell to the seafloor and they're all kind of crawling about. I mean, it's not like an instantaneous thing. So they got to find their way back or somebody has to help put them back together or something. <laughs> because they're wandering <laughs> around the seafloor. Yeah. <laughs> they had a great fall from the boat and onto the water. I mean, unless they fell into a place where there's moonlight is shining, then they are also either skeletons or a bunch of bloody stumps and parts that are moving about then. Yeah. But we know the hand has a mind of its own, like you said, and is under some control. Or maybe it's under control of the cursed crewman or has some kind of muscle memory thing or skeletal memory and is trying to just either finish the attack or get back, like he said, to the pirate who lost it. It was actually walk- going towards the doors when he was beating it with the map. But that's the thing. We haven't seen anybody actually connect a part back. So we don't really know if they right. can actually do right. that. And then I haven't seen if there's a precedence from it. I don't remember. I was trying to remember if that happened, but I think I, I was we haven't seen, seen something like that. You may be trying thinking about well, I'm, Dead Man's yeah, Chest. Yeah, there's some Dead Man's Chest at World's End stuff that happens. That's yeah. kind of with Davy Cruz people, but Yeah. Davy Cruz. Davy Jones. <laughs> that's it. We're done. The show is done. Yeah. I'm yeah. on a first name basis with him now, and I just call it Davy's crew. <laughs> Cheer up, sleepy Jean. <laughs> well, either way, it's bad news being parts on the ocean yeah. floor. The currents, the animals, even if they manage to start getting back together slowly, someone is coming up with missing parts for sure. Right. Something's not coming back by the time they get moving. It was kind of cool, actually, to see them go into parts. 
Because during this, I mean, we're 118 minutes into the movie, and this is the first time you've actually seen these fighting pirates do something like that, go into parts. Yeah, so that makes me wonder that we're not seeing a lot with the fighting with the crew and the military, or, you know, say the Dauntless crew and yeah. the skeleton crew, where... I was thinking, how useless would it be for the gunshots that they're firing or firing muskets at them? But if they're actually shooting and breaking bones or shattering these people's skulls, yeah, that's a different story because then right. they're not getting back up right away. Right. So I thought that's pretty useless. But then I'm thinking, well, maybe maybe it's not so useless. Yeah. If you are putting some giant balls into their head, Arr! what is wrong with you? We're talking musket balls here. <laughs> I didn't say anything. You're ridiculous. So far this week, you're on fire with these things. Seriously, though, they could be blasting their faces off. Right. And it's not able to reconstitute or it takes a long time. Or maybe they have to get somebody in there with some paste and start pasting them back together, depending on the severity of the blast. Yeah. A little spit. Put them back together. Because they do. Or maybe that's the trick. You kind of just have to lay them kind of where they would. And when the moonlight goes away, because they end up healing and fixing themselves. When the moonlight goes away, they come back to their human form. They're repaired. Right. Or vice versa. So if they get shot and go to skeleton and come back, they always end up at that original form when they do the kind of the transformation thing back and forth. Right. So I wonder if as long as that their parts were kind of together or laid out or connected somehow that they would come back together. But somebody would have to arrange the parts or kind of get them back together. Yeah, because they'd, they'd have to be scattered all over the place. Yeah, exactly. When they fall down. Yeah. Mallet's going to come back up with part of grapple and all that kind of stuff. And that's not good. Not good at all. No, it isn't. So I don't know. So there's something with that that I don't quite know about with the curse. And we'll have to see if we even have a chance to get that far with what's upcoming. We just don't know yet. Teaser. Spoiler Uh... alert. I said it's a spoiler. We really haven't covered a couple of guys behind the scenes. So I thought I'd give those men who might fall from a tall building or Tarzan from a vine. Because they're the unknown stuntman who may... Sparrow and Barbosa look so fine. <laughs> what? What are you laughing at? What? What are you talking about? I want to know what you're laughing at. What are you talking about? You don't even know what that is, I bet. I don't. I'm a young buck here. Yeah, exactly. Jack Sparrow's stuntman is Tony Angelotti. Although he has a handful of stunt credits, including a return to the franchise in Pirates of the Caribbean 2 and 3, it's not really a long credit list that he has there. But he did win a World Stunt Award in 2004 for his work on The Curse of the Black Pearl. And he shared that win with Mark Aaron Wagner, who was Will Turner's stunt double. And the sequence that resulted in their win was when the two stuntmen engaged in a sword fight in the blacksmith shop. Using acrobatics to maneuver around the shop, they balanced on exposed beams and carts while fighting with their swords. And we made it through that without a euphemism. Yes! Congratulations. That's, that's personal growth for the both of us. You couldn't make it. You know, we tried and now you're laughing. We almost I, had it. I made it. You didn't make it. You laughed after I announced it. That's still a fail. Man, we almost had it. Oh, they're sword fighting again. Ah, oh, boys will be boys. But he did get the win for that. And it really is a cool shot. We talked about that at yeah. the time. So he did get a win for that. We also have Thomas DuPont serving as Barbosa's stunt double in... The movie and in this particular sequence when there's some stunt work that's required and sword fighting work. Thomas is a well-known stuntman for sure and has a long list of credits and current film projects. It stretches back a lot. This guy is has no shortage of work going on. Not only did he double for Barbosa, 
He returned in all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, even the latest as Salazar's double. Oh, really? Yeah. He's all over the place with credits spanning Star Trek, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, X-Files, Transformers, and the list goes on and on for sure. Like his rival Tony in this minute, he does bring home a win in 2007 for his stunt work in Dead Man's Chest, but I won't tell you what the win was for, what sequence that was, until we get to Dead Man's Chest, Season 2. Woohoo! Official Season 2. Because, yeah, that's how it'll work. Something like that. Yeah. Didn't I say just hold on? What, what are you, you talking about? What are you yelling at me for, guys? We will let you know in like five and a half weeks of what happens after season one. You just have to have patience. Quit yelling at me about that. I heard the audience. They were demanding that things they, just keep going like that. They accept your apology. <laughs> exactly. Apology accepted. No, they accept your apology. I said apology accepted. I'm accepting. What? They're sorry. They're not sorry. That's all I got. Just my simple ode to Lee Majors. That's it? Fall guy. Yeah. That's all I got for this minute. Do you have anything? You're going to you're gonna pull one of your famous... No, nope, I'm going to hornswoggle in. You do. What do you got? I don't. Seriously, what do you no, have? No, I don't. Well, that's amazing then. You're not going to throw anything out. The oh, wait. No, just kidding. You liar. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow with minute 119 of The Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then... Let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum. Let's pull Scott out of the 80s. I might fall from a tall building. I might roll a brand new car. Cause I'm the unknown stuntman that made Redford such a star. Heather, no surprise to find you in the tavern with a tankard full of rum in your hand. What was that for? You said you were going to meet me at the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute Cursed Listeners Crew Facebook group hours ago. I was? Mother's love! Why'd you slap me again? That's for not reminding people how to contact us. Get to it, you filthy bilge rat! Man, I obviously get no respect around here. Arr! So, Scallywags, thanks for listening. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out, and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook, our Facebook listeners group, and on Twitter. If you're interested in best of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are on blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy. It's that easy.